content of this program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Hello and welcome to our March 2022 edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately? A program from the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. This program is brought to you by the Friends of the North Carolina Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped an organization of citizens, volunteers, and patrons, all interested in supporting the library and the services it provides. The Friends Group was founded in 1989 and now has more than 300 members across North Carolina. If you'd like to join the Friends Group yourself, we'll have information on how to do that later in the program. This program is all about books with special emphasis on those available from the North Carolina Library for the Blind. The library has more than 86,000 titles in its collection. Books and magazines are available in large print, braille, and talking books as well, both digital and cassette. Now, the library has more than 11,000 patrons across the state. If you're not a patron but are interested in becoming one, I'll have more information at the end of this program. This month, we'll take a look at some of the most popular books checked out in the month of February at the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. That's the new name for the North Carolina Library for the Blind. We're going to begin the program today with a very popular author. This is a book called Criminal Mischief by Stuart Woods, who wrote this in conjunction with Tony Roberts. Now, in this very exhilarating new thriller from number one New York Times bestseller author Stuart Woods, Stone Barrington goes up against an enemy on the run. Here's the plot. After a dangerous adventure has him traveling up and down the coast, Stone Barrington is looking forward to some downtime at his Manhattan abode. But when an acquaintance alerts him to a suspicious plot being hatched across the city, he finds himself eager to pursue justice. After the mastermind behind it all proves more evasive than anyone was expecting, Stone sets out on an international chase to places he's never gone before. Now, with the help of some old friends and alluring new ones, Stone is determined to see the pursuit through to the end, even if it means going up against a foe more unpredictable than he has ever faced. Once again, the book is called Criminal Mischief by Stuart Woods and Tony Roberts. Now, another book that was very popular this past month at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. This is a book called Mercy by the very popular author David Baldacci. FBI agent Atlee Pine's harrowing search for her long-lost sister, Mercy, reaches a boiling point in this breakneck thriller from author David Baldacci. Here is the storyline for this one. For her entire life, FBI agent Atlee Pine has been searching for her twin sister, Mercy, who was abducted at the age of six and never seen again. Well, Mercy's disappearance left behind a damaged family that later shattered beyond repair when Atlee's parents inexplicably abandoned her. 
Now, after a perilous investigation that nearly proved fatal, Atlee has finally discovered not only the reason behind her parents' abandonment and Mercy's kidnapping, but also the most promising breakthrough yet, proof that Mercy survived her abduction and then escaped her captors many years ago. Though Atlee is tantalizingly close to her family at last, the final leg of her long road to Mercy will be the most treacherous yet. Mercy left at least one dead body behind before fleeing her captors years before. Atlee has no idea if her sister is still alive, and if so, how she has been surviving all this time. When the truth is finally revealed, Atlee Pine will face the greatest danger yet, and it may well cost her everything. The book, again, is entitled Mercy, and it's by David Baldacci. Next book for today is called Autopsy, and it's by a scarp. It's by Patricia Daniels Cornwell, and it is a Scarpetta novel. We haven't seen one of these in a while. In this relaunch of the electrifying landmark number one best-selling thriller series, Chief Medical Examiner Dr. K. Scarpetta hunts those responsible for two wildly divergent and chilling murders. Forensic pathologist Kay Scarpetta has come almost full circle, returning to Virginia as the chief medical examiner, the state where she launched her storied career. Finding herself the new girl in town once again after being away for many years, she has inherited not only an overbearing secretary, but also a legacy of neglect and potential corruption. She and her husband, Benton Wesley, now a forensic psychologist with the U.S. Secret Service, have relocated to Old Town Alexandria, where she's headquartered five miles from the Pentagon in a post-pandemic world that's been torn by civil and political unrest. Just weeks on the job, she's called to a scene by railroad tracks where a woman's body has been shockingly displayed, her throat cut down to the spine. And as Scarpetta begins to follow the trail, it leads unnervingly close to her own historic neighborhood. At the same time, a catastrophe occurs in a top-secret laboratory in outer space, endangering at least two scientists abroad. Uh, aboard, rather, appointed to the highly classified Doomsday Commission that specializes in sensitive national security cases, Scarpetta is summoned to the White House and tasked with finding out exactly what happened. But even as she works the first potential crime scene in space remotely, an apparent serial killer strikes again very close to her home. It's great to hear Patricia Cornwell back with another Scarpetta novel. That one is called Autopsy, a Scarpetta novel by Patricia Daniels Cornwell. This past month was certainly a big one for big-name authors at the State Library for the Blind 
Here's one called Chain of Command, and it's by Mark Cameron along with Tom Clancy. An unscrupulous pharmaceutical billionaire has a plan to flood the U.S. market with counterfeit drugs in this latest entry in Tom Clancy's best-selling series. Here's the plot. President Jack Ryan is used to to dealing with military threats to the American people. But how do you protect them against perfectly counterfeited pharmaceuticals? Patients in hospitals, clinics, and at home are dying when the drugs they need for survival turn out to be ineffective copies. And corrupt pharmaceutical billionaire has spent millions supporting radical groups while using the chaos they engender to cover his money-making schemes. But for a man with such towering ambitions, the only real goal is power. To get that, he'll have to eliminate the only impediment in his path, Jack Ryan. The question is... How do you attack the most closely guarded man in the world? For a man who has built his fortune on underhanded dealings and misdirection, the answer is as simple as it is shocking. He'll have to kidnap the First Lady. That sounds like a pretty exciting book from uh, great Tom Clancy. It's called Chain of Command, written by Clancy, uh, along with Mark Cameron. And speaking of big names, here's another one. We're going to talk about a new book called Fear No Evil by James Patterson. Of course, James Patterson is the best-selling author in the world, and at this point he is practically an institution. However, even though I have been reading his work since the very beginning, and I'm quoting a reviewer here, nothing quite measures up for me like his classic thriller series featuring Alex cross it does seem to be everybody's favorite the good doctor has come a long way since along came a spider as fear no evil will demonstrate here's the plot for this one the stakes have never been higher for alex cross as the international terrorist group maestro fronted by the mysterious and masked m is not just threatening global violence they are pulling it off Cross and his best buddy, John Sampson, find themselves directly in the crosshairs, no pun intended, but before we get there, we have a lot to unpack as Cross and Sampson are not the book's only stars. The action begins immediately as we witness CIA operative and potential traitor Catherine Hingham being tortured to death by an unknown adversary. Now, this is just the start of CIA personnel and other members of the law enforcement and intelligence fields being targeted. Now, to make matters worse, after the target is eliminated, the killers go after their family and attempt to murder them all, from grandparents to young children. It is safe to say that fear no evil is not for the faint of heart. That being said, who better to meet this violence head-on than Alex Cross? Cross and Samson were planning an adventure getaway when all this commenced, but their plans have been delayed. Once they were on board, Cross received a threatening text from M, 
that showed him how he knows the location of each member of his family. Now, speaking of Cross's family, his wife Bree, who is an ex-cop herself, takes on an assignment for the Bluestone Organization, which will send her to Paris, France, in pursuit of a serial rapist and alleged killer. Well, not only does the novel jump between Cross and Bree, it offers us glimpses into the maestro organization with occasional bits on M. It seems there is no one who can be trusted, as every level of law enforcement attempts to unmask them before they can kill more people or follow through on any terrorist threats. Now, there seems to be some adversarial connection between Maestro and a powerful Mexican drug cartel. To get a better handle on this situation, Cross heads to a highly militarized prison in the desert to meet with the head of this cartel, Marco Alejandro, who has been in non-communication isolation for nearly a year. Now, Cross hopes that he might be able to reveal who M is, if not validate why his organization is in a blood war with Maestro. Alejandro is willing to talk but does not know much. He suggests that Cross speak with his sister, who has taken over the day-to-day operations of the cartel in his absence. Cross's case is temporarily derailed when he learns of a terrorist incident in Paris with which Brie has been mixed up. Having no idea whether or not she's alive, he jumps on a flight to Paris to find her. Well, thankfully, she is okay, and it turns out that the frightening episode was the responsibility of M and his group, bringing Cross and Bree's cases full circle with each other. Well, as time goes on with no resolution other than for the good guys to sit on the sidelines as Maestro and the cartel kill each other, Cross and Sampson decide to take that trip they were planning to Swan River Valley, Montana. It will make them bait for anyone from either of the battling groups to come after them. The last third of Fear No Evil is a sure-fire thrill ride. Will Cross and Sampson survive their excursion, and will we finally learn the identity of M? You will just have to dive into this page-turning book to find out. That was a great review that was written by Ray Palin in November of 2021. Again, that is the newest book by James Patterson called Fear No Evil. Now let's take a look uh, at a book by Michael Conley, also very popular. This is a book called The Dark Hours. A masterpiece, LAPD detective Renee Ballard must join forces with Harry Bosch to find justice in a city scarred by fear and social unrest after a methodical killer strikes on New Year's Eve. Here's the plot for The Dark Hours by Michael Conley. There's chaos in Hollywood at the end of the New Year's Eve countdown. Now, working her graveyard shift, LAPD detective Renee Ballard waits out the traditional reign of lead as uh, hundreds of revelers shoot their guns into the air. Well, only minutes after midnight, Ballard is called to a scene where a hard-working auto shop owner has been fatally hit by a bullet 
in the middle of a crowded street party. Now, Ballard quickly determines that the deadly bullet could not have fallen from the sky and that it is linked to another unsolved murder, a case at one time worked by Detective Harry Bosch. At the same time, Ballard hunts a fiendish pair of serial rapists, the Midnight Men, they're called, who have been terrorizing women and leaving no trace. Now, determined to solve both cases, Ballard feels like she is constantly running uphill in a police department indelibly changed by the pandemic and recent social unrest. It is a department so hampered by inertia and low morale that Ballard must go outside to the one detective she can count on, Harry Bosch. But as the two inexorable detectives work together to find out where old and new cases intersect, they must constantly look over their shoulders. The brutal predators they are tracking are ready to kill to keep their secrets hidden. Now, once again, that is a book called The Dark Hours, taking place, in, of course, in Los Angeles, by Michael Connolly. There are definitely lots of great mystery stories in the program uh, this month. This is uh, a thrilling new book we're going to talk about in the wildly popular series from the author of Hidden, and that is, of course, bestseller Fern Michaels. This is a new book called Yellow Moon by Fern Michaels. The Sisterhood is reuniting to investigate the Haven, a suspicious spiritual organization that's more dangerous cult than caring commune. Here's the plot about this one. Maggie Spritzer's nose for a story doesn't make her a top-notch newspaper editor. It also tells her when to go the extra mile for a friend. When she gets a strange message from her journalism pal, Gabby Richardson, Maggie knows her services are needed. Now, Gabby has become involved with the Haven. That's a commune that promises to guide its members toward a more spiritually fulfilling life. But Gabby's enthusiasm has turned to distrust ever since she was refused permission to leave the compound to visit her sick mother. Now, Maggie wants to learn more about the Haven, and the Sisterhood is eager to help. It turns out that the Haven's founders are the sons of a disgraced Chicago businessman in prison for running a Ponzi scheme. They also have connections to a Miami billionaire with dubious sidelines. Soon the Sisterhood gang embark on a search and uncover a web of crime that runs deeper and higher than they ever imagined. And they'll need all their special skills in order to bring it down. Once again, that is a book called Yellow Moon, and it sounds like a good one, by Fern Michaels. Next, let's talk about The Midnight Lock. It's a Lincoln Rhyme novel by Jeffrey Deaver and Eduardo Ballerini. Now, the master of ticking bomb suspense, Jeffrey Deaver, delivers the latest thriller featuring his beloved protagonists, Lincoln Rhyme and Amelia Sachs, as they search for a criminal whose fascination with breaking locks terrorizes New York City. 
Here's the story about this one. A woman awakes in the morning to find that someone has picked her apartment's supposedly impregnable door lock and rearranged personal items, even sitting beside her while she slept. Well, the intrusion, the police learn, is a message to the entire city of carnage to come. Lincoln Rhyme and Amelia Sachs are brought in to investigate and soon learn that the sociopathic intruder who calls himself the locksmith can break through any lock or security system ever devised. With more victims on the horizon, Rhyme, Sachs, and their stable of associates must follow the evidence to the man's lair and discover his true mission. Now, their hunt is interrupted when an internal investigation in the police force uncovers what seems to be a crucial mistake in one of Rhyme's previous cases. He's fired as a consultant for the NYPD and must risk jail if he investigates the locksmith case in secret. The Midnight Lock is a roller coaster read that takes place over just a few days' time features surprise after surprise, and offers a fascinating look at the esoteric world of lock-picking. Once again, the name of this one is The Midnight Lock, a Lincoln Rhyme novel by Jeffrey Deaver and Eduardo Ballerini. definitely some exciting books on the program this month. It's the same old story, isn't it? Uh, too, too many books, too little time. Well, we're going to talk about uh, another one right now that is called The Horsewoman, and it's a novel by James Patterson and Mike Lupica. Mother and daughter, both champion riders, but only one can make Olympic history. James Patterson's first book with Hall of Fame sports writer Mike Lupica. Here's the plot. When the buzzer sounds, 21-year-old Becky McCabe takes one last look around. What she's feeling right now is why riders do this, young or old, man or woman, mother or daughter. The toughest combination comes early, a tight one. Hardly any time to react after the first jump. Now, just like that, they're into it big time. Horse and rider take a killer inside turn on the rollback two jumps later. No choice but to go inside if they're here to win. And Becky sure isn't here to finish second. How can anyone go faster than this? No one can except the rider Who's up next? What a tease that summary is, huh? That is a book called The Horsewoman, a novel by James Patterson and Mike Lupica. That's the first time uh, Mike Lupica has uh, joined up with James Patterson, so that, that should be interesting. Now let's talk about another popular author, Janet Ivanovich. This one's called Game On. Tempting 28, it's a Stephanie Plum novel by Janet Ivanovich. And Atria, Stephanie Plum, returns to hunt down a master cyber criminal operating out of Trenton in the 28th book in the widely popular series, 
by Janet Ivanovich. Here's the plot for this one. When Stephanie Plum is woken up in the middle of the night by the sound of footsteps in her kitchen, she wishes she didn't keep her gun in the cookie jar in her kitchen. And when she finds out the intruder is fellow apprehension agent Diesel, six feet of hard muscle and bad attitude, who she hasn't seen in more than two years, she still thinks the gun might come in handy. Well, it turns out that Diesel and Stephanie are on the trail of the same fugitive, Oswald Wednesday, an international computer hacker as brilliant as he is ruthless. Well, Stephanie may not be the most technologically savvy sleuth, but she more than makes up for that with her dogged determination, her understanding of human nature, and her willingness to do just about anything to bring a fugitive to justice. Unsure if Diesel is her partner or her competition in this case, she'll need to watch her back every step of the way as she sets the stage to draw Wednesday out from behind his computer and into the real world. Atria Books has a great book for every reader. Again, that one is called Game On, Tempting 28, and it's a Stephanie Plum novel by Janet Ivanovich. Now let's take a look at a book that is not a novel, it is nonfiction. It's the first nonfiction in this program, actually. So uh, we've had a lot of a lot of mystery stories that were very popular this past month. This is a book called Deep, Free Diving, Renegade Science, and What the Ocean Tells Us About Ourselves. And it's written by James Nestor. Here's the plot for this one. Deep is a voyage from the ocean's surface to its darkest trenches, the most mysterious places on Earth. Fascinated by the sport of freediving in which competitors descend great depths on a single breath, James Nestor embeds with a gang of ocean-going extreme athletes and renegade researchers. Now, he finds whales that communicate with other whales hundreds of miles away, Sharks that swim in unerringly straight lines through pitch-black waters and other strange phenomenon. Most illuminating of all, he learns that these abilities are reflected in our own remarkable and often hidden potential, including echolocation, directional sense, and the profound bodily changes humans undergo when underwater. Along the way... Nestor unlocks his own freediving skills as he communes with the pioneers who are expanding our definition of what is possible in the natural world and in ourselves. As I said, this is not a novel, but it sounds like a pretty intriguing and pretty interesting book. Again, it is called Deep Freediving Renegade Science and What the Ocean Tells Us About Ourselves by James Nestor, and uh, by the way, this is a New York Times uh, uh, book review editor's choice and an Amazon best science book, actually back in 2014, also recommended by Scientific American. It sounds like a good one. Deep, Free Diving, Renegade Science and What the Ocean Tells Us by James Nestor. 
And that's all the time we have for this month's edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately. I'm George Douglas. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like more information about how to become a patron of the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services, simply Google or search for Accessible Books. North Carolina Library. You can call 888-388-2460 as well. You can also use those same numbers and website to join the friends of the North Carolina Library for the Blind. They're the sponsors of this monthly feature on books. This program is intended for people who are blind or print impaired. Heard any good books lately will be available right after the broadcast at our website, NC Reading Service. So long until next time.